Hello, I am Natalia Comis and this is Humans on a Mission, the podcast where I talk to inspiring humans who are living their true soul mission on earth. Join me in conversation with some of the most brilliant people on the planet today, discussing what makes us human, what extraordinary measures we go to in order to discover our true purpose, and how we can make an impact not only in our own lives, but that of others too. And who knows, perhaps you'll discover something magical about yourself in the process. In this episode of the Humans on a Mission podcast, you are in for such a treat. I talked to Susie Lennox all about our humanness, about Mother Earth, about values when creating a company and sacred ceremonies. We talk about sex and pleasure and relationships and being present, surrendering to the moment, especially in the year 2020, and so much more. I really think you're going to love this episode and I'm excited for you to listen. So let's dig in. With a background in the arts, education, the new psychologies, poetry and metaphysics, there's not much Susie Lennox hasn't dabbled in. Always inquiring into the nature of consciousness, she has been blessed to study with many great contemporary teachers in the wisdom tradition. In 2003, Susie became the co-founder of award-winning The Yes Yes Company Limited, an organic intimacy company. It is her endeavor in both the professional and personal realms to be a force for healing and love and kindness, and that through Yes, she and her team and co-founder, Sarah, are helping to successfully change the world from the inside. Susie, how are you today? Thank you for being here. Wonderful. Great to be with you. (laughs) So Susie, in our chat a few weeks ago, I was just saying how I scribbled a ton of notes and (laughs) made all of this, you know, made a whole plan of all the things that I wanted us to chat about. But then when I went back to find them today, I just have no idea where they've gone. They've disappeared completely. But actually, I'm kind of pleased about that because I think that maybe this episode you know, it was always going to be very intuitive and I feel like that was meant to be. So, yeah. It will flow. It's all in the ether anyway, so we can draw it down. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's, I think let's start with the more recent version of, of Susie. Susie in 2020. How has it been for you so far, Susie? This, this strange and crazy year. It's been massively disruptive. Um, mm. I remember New Year's Eve celebrating it with friends in Brighton and we did a meditation to usher in this year. No idea of what it would bring. <laughs> and it feels like every plan that was created had to be scuppered. For me, it's been a year of profound surrendering. Surrenderings mm. are, I thought it would be this, it's not. Ah, it's that, are so huge endeavor, huge discipline, actually, of going with what has proved to be a very exceptional flow. But also, it's a thrilling time because this is heralding the huge awakening of humanity, the huge awakening of consciousness. And the invitation always has been to focus on what is new, what's being ushered in, rather than lamenting about Mm. what is broken and what has failed and the whole drama of fear versus love or panic versus trust is something that's played out on a huge stage 
And so at a, the fullness of my being, I've chosen to engage with that, with the awakening aspect, while having a lot of little personal laments of, oh, oh dear, oh well, not this, not that, not now. Those have been some of the spaces I've moved through. Mm, oh yeah, I love that. Surrendering and really, yeah, that is very much the theme of 2020 for a lot of us, especially those who are, you know, exactly what you just said, you know, going with, oh no, this isn't quite right now, or that's not worked out. What do I need to flow into? What do I need to surrender and let go of in mm-hmm. order to move into the next phase, into the next awakening? Exactly what you're yes. saying. Mm. Um, yeah, I love that. And so, yeah, so much love versus fear stuff happening at the moment and and remembering what that means for us right totally i mean in in for me i went to i went to new york in march for what was to be a nine day visit in fact one of my daughters had broken her ankle and i went to help her <laughs> it turned into four months stay of lockdown in New York, which was being described as the epicenter of the pandemic. Mm. And indeed, um, in an apartment high in Manhattan, it was very, very close, the whole experience. And so that was my first big surrendering, really. This is happening. Here I am. This was unexpected. And in many ways, it was full of blessing for me. It gave me profound time with my daughters, particularly the one I was living with, with her daughter, my granddaughter that I had. Otherwise, I couldn't have orchestrated four months in their company, given all our different business responsibilities. So that was a dimension of great love and closeness and, and development between us, for which I could only be thankful. It's interesting, isn't it, how I almost feel like our priorities have had to really come to the surface this year and you know I've had so many conversations with different people and everyone saying you know nature family loved ones yes and actually self-love as well to an extent Natalia absolutely agree we've Mm. we've been turned inside they're causing they're calling it the great pause aren't they Mm. just pulling the plug on all the things that used to divert to distract us demand our attention so that we've had to find the other things to focus on and they are the abiding things the perennial things the profound things and how healing is that really at a deep social level yeah and and collectively as well globally i mean yes yes has there been another time in history where it's been so yeah, so widespread, this pause. It is very, very interesting, this time that we're in right now. Do you think that planet Earth is trying to give us a message with all of this? Oh, yes, <laughs> loud and clear, loud <laughs> and clear. I mean, Gaia is hurting, Gaia is mm. vocal, Gaia is urging us and inviting us just to stand on our on the precious earth, celebrate, celebrate the planet. Again, there is such a call for us to trust that this renewal will take care of all the surface disturbances that we're so aware of. But there have never been such extreme expressions of imbalance. Talking on this day, this equinox day, the imbalance mm, yeah. in term, around the planet really is unignorable 
and yeah, distressing. So Mother Earth is absolutely summoning us loud and clear. Mm. It's interesting because watching, I'm in Devon at the moment and there's mm. where we are right now, there's three huge cruise ships just sort of off the coast and they've been there for this entire time for however many months. Mm. And, and it really made me look into it because I know that cruise ships are one of the worst things in terms of pollution for the planet. I can't mm. remember the stats now, but it's so much worse than planes and cars and it's insane it's insane just one cruise ship alone and and so I was I was saying why you know why are they just there why can't they just dock up somewhere and there's so many cruise ships there's not enough actual space for them to dock <laughs> to dock that I mean so. how ridiculous is that mm. and in Spain, where I was living for a while, the so in in Tarifa and in that on that very south coast, on the Atlantic side, they've had a lot of problems very recently with whales attacking boats, which Have has they? never ne- it has never happened before. Very very unlike them. Very strange, and. It's just fascinating. It really feels like a cry from the deep sea to say, mm. we don't want this anymore. You know, we were quite happy with with the quieter oceans for a couple of months. Yeah, quite so. And in the skies too. Mm. You know, the, the skies above New York are normally just riven with with airplanes and flight paths and trails. And it was uncanny almost too to see those clear skies and then to hear the bird song being restored so much came to life without that constant activity without that as you say polluting the oceans mm. or burning through the skies it was it was remarkable and welcome yeah. and very strange mm. <laughs> yeah how do you think that the younger generation feels about all of this at the moment you know, you talked about spending time with your with your granddaughter, and how how do you think it's all being perceived through their eyes? For the younger generation, I can only speak through my daughters and their mm. contemporaries, and and I find them because they are aware as a group, they are increasingly philosophical about this. I think there is. A large attachment to the way things used to be. There is anxiety about what will take its place. But essentially, I find the more intelligent, inquiring, conscious they are, the more there is a degree of, of quickening, of willingness to experience what's coming next. Uh, I'm very aware of the deprivation of, you know, <laughs> restaurants and bars closing mm. at 10 and holidays yeah. being cancelled and all the things that we particularly when you're young uh, rely all the fun, on fun stuff isn't it all the fun, fun stuff, stuff. <laughs> and, the, and this idea of freshers week you know not happening mm. and um, I'm, I'm very aware of what's happening to university students all of that has changed so I, I'm sympathetic in a way with a degree of revolt and um and fury about this but as I say the wise choice is to be somewhat philosophical and inquire more deeply into it Mm, yeah it's very um thinking about 
obviously you know all of the work that you're you're involved with and the yes yes products and everything that you guys are doing and then looking at what's going on now and and everything we've just discussed do you think that there's a part of us as humans that need to come back into our bodies more that's a very good way of putting it being more embodied and more ensouled I would Mm. say both of those yes definitely Uh, you know an aspect in terms of our business was that we sell products online and we sell products through the high street and we sell them internationally and with the relative closure or collapse of the high street our online sales have really benefited Mm. and the whole thought is that people have been at home making love is more available children uh, permitting and and so i think there has been um quite you know it, it has proved to be an, an area of growth people wanting to make love safely and healthily um has inspired them to find yes and that makes us very happy mm. well i mean this conversation between you and I started when I, I had an article in the in the Sunday Telegraph about my my sex life, my personal um, mm. journey with that, and how during lockdown that that grew and that evolved massively. And you know, me, my partner and I live together. We work from home together. It's not that we don't spend time together. You know, we're there constantly. But there was something that took place in those first three months that somehow brought us closer together whether it was almost the you know an an aspect of trauma in a way as well of Mm, this having mm -hmm. to be having to go through this on our own together and then you know have having each other and only having each other to an extent in the physical form and then uh, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff, a lot of personal healing that I'd been doing um, and wound clearing and, and lots of other stuff. But it definitely changed our sex life that, those first few months. And, and I think that's really interesting how something so huge, so collective that was happening was bringing people closer together in a way that hasn't happened before and I have to say actually just going back to to yes yes and and your products I mean what you and and Sarah have created is is amazing and a few years ago our sex life was horrendous because I was having such bad well such painful sex actually it was very Mm. very painful and that you know that leads to a whole other kettle of fish of resentment and frustration Mm. and all of that kind of stuff and one of the things that saved us massively were your products so I'm a massive advocate for (laughs) for yes yes anyone having painful sex out there please check them out um (laughs) well that's lovely to hear (laughs) thank you and I do I do think that it is really there's the emotional stuff and there's the physical and I think coming back into our bodies in a conscious way Mm. is is really important and you know you talk you talk about always inquiring into that nature of consciousness as well can you tell us a little bit more about about that and about you know how how do you feel about all of this well I think as a child I I was obsessed with God with 
with spirit, with the invisible, uh, to a degree that my parents actually said, this is not very healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you don't need to love God this much. Mm-hmm. But for, for me, it, it wasn't elective. It was just there. It was something that, that burned in me, really. In fact, as a child, I wanted to be a nun until I let go of that. And then I wanted to be a missioner. Mm. And I let go of that. And then I wanted to be a doctor. And I ended up marrying a doctor. So through, through proxy, <laughs> <laughs> I, I achieved some of that. So the nature of consciousness, again, as a child and a young person, I've always listened to my dreams. I've done dream diaries. I've recorded them. And as soon as I was able, as a student really, I investigated healing, spiritual healing, mm. and different modalities around that. So really, Natalia, it was a set course for me, you know. It just felt like a trajectory that I was on. And then it was thrilling in the 60s when all of this was opening up. And and I felt at home in it. I felt, you know, the the peace and love man uh, (laughs) fitted fitted where I was beautifully. And it was a a time of great expression and release and awareness. Um, I, I just want to go back to what you were saying about rediscovering intimacy Mm. that is so moving to hear that you know physical proximity and as you described a degree of trauma or emergency really helped you to see each other in a new way and appreciate each other and your bodies and your connection and your sexual force and love between you i I really celebrate that i think you Mm. described it very very beautifully yeah, and I think there's a element, isn't there, of when when something is, it's almost like when something is out of control. What do you what do you always come back to? You know, what mm. what can you control in in your in your own space in your own self? And and how does that how does that make you feel? You know, I, I think I don't know. There's something there that uh, around feeling completely helpless in the grand scheme of things but then able to to create something magical in your own space Mm, I think that's gloriously said yeah yeah and I don't know it's it's funny because there's the I mean there was a lot of stuff that I was doing at that time that um that was you know my personal journey and we discussed you know the last time we had a chat how the other podcast that, that I was doing, Bare Naked Chats with my best friend, Ash, Ashmeen. If you haven't checked that mm-hmm. out, do go and check that out, people. Mm-hmm. Through doing that podcast and talking about, you know, my, my issues, personal issues, pain, my um, thoughts around children and all of these different things, which, you know, I had had discussions with Chris about, but I think being able to talk to others about it and hearing uh, you know a, a much bigger wider discussion around it really helped him understand it from a different level and he was doing all the editing of that podcast so we were having this conversation through the podcast without mm. having a physical conversation in real life <laughs> yeah and then that was almost like a a way of therapy for us so when it came to them you know, being in lockdown and all of that, we didn't even really need to 
discuss stuff we were just able to be and I think that's for me that's my lesson you know you talked about surrendering and I think for me this year it's about just being present as much as possible Mm, so Um, right and essentially every we have become slowed down we've had to move more slowly be more reflective and I think some of that hurtle of life can keep us addicted to stimulus and and the external environment whereas what has happened with the lockdown and the the great pause is that we've had to look at our inner environment our inner emotional and mental and physical environment and and reclaim command of that sovereignty of that Mm. and yes to dwell to dwell more deeply in the moment because there isn't so much happening there isn't so much tearing us away exciting us making demands of us I know that's gradually shifting, but I think it has given a profound taste of of more stillness, however enforced that was. Mm, definitely. I mean, we're hearing all the time, there's more and more people now wanting to leave the city, go out mm. and move into the countryside or elsewhere. And I think it has woken people up to what is possible and what they want, what they need um, from life as well. But something that you were just that you just said reminded me about how Yes Yes started and how you and Sarah, Sarah Brooks, you guys went to Bali for for <laughs> six weeks, was it, to, to start yeah. your company. So you took yourselves out of the, you know, the, the daily grind, the nine to five and all of that stuff and, and normal life, you know, in inverted commas. And you said, you know what, we need to find that space to be and to create can you tell us more about that you know how did that come about and and what happened there yeah it was it was a miraculous time and it was completely pivotal what had happened prior to that was that Sarah and I had worked as management consultants in a in a wide range of industries but particularly the pharmaceutical industry and we'd both reached a point where somehow we'd run out of runway, we'd run out of steam, we'd run out of the desire to keep doing this. And we felt um, our friendship was strong enough to be inspired to do something different. Uh, The idea for what we wanted to do differently had come from um, the development of Viagra when, when that was being developed. We became aware of the sociological side effects of this, which is that many marriages broke up because women who'd previously been happily married for a long time, suddenly uh, their husbands were uh, sexually very active and demanding again. And physically, as you know, women can find this very painful. Mm. You know, dysphorunia, particularly as women get older, it might not be comfortable. And so marriages broke up and men who were all hyped on... uh, rejuvenation of Viagra (laughs) actually found younger partners and we thought this was an extraordinary side effect if you like we were looking at the side effects the physiological side effects of of drugs but this was a a deeply social side effect and so we we thought what is there for women who want to remain sexually active and we 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 found nothing that, that mm. was inspiring. So we had the seed of that idea. Is this something that we could work with? So indeed, um, Bali is Sarah's spiritual home. I'd never been there before. 
she it was greatly beloved by her. We went there together to investigate what it would take on our part to, to create a business together. What would we be leaving behind? What we, would we be undertaking? In what ways would, be, would we be relying on each other? What obstacles might occur? And it, it, was a, it was a retreat. It was a profound privilege. It was very self-indulgent. Mm. <laughs> and not many people starting on launching a business have the privilege or the freedom to do such a thing. Yeah. But this, this is how it worked. We, we spent hours doing a kind of co-counseling exercise every day. We were between the ocean and the volcano. We would sit facing each other talk for an hour at a time on our past, on our fears, on our joys, on our dreams. And whoever was speaking would be really heard and whoever was hearing would be writing it down and then we'd swap places. So we dredged very deeply, we inquired very deeply into what our true sense of purpose was, what rewarded us, what had scarred us, what we were really willing to let go of. And this went on for weeks. So we did a huge amount of clearing and a huge mm. amount of dedicating. It felt like a sacred space, actually, when we mm. finally reached that point of we really, we really are ready to do this. We know and love each other enough. We welcome the unknown. We feel guided in this. Uh, God knows how it's going to happen. <laughs> but we had the courage and the clarity and, and the gladness, actually, to mm. undertake, undertake the adventure. I love that story so much <laughs> so much it really feels like it was a sacred ceremony and that you know and and like you say a releasing a clearing but also a healing and so special that it's that it was between two two friends and that you were able to navigate those waters together and support each other in that I think that's so magical and so lovely do you think that in doing so, you know, in spending that time together and journeying in the way that you did, do you think that created a more solid foundation, a more sacred foundation for the company and, and your relationship as friends and co-founders, of course, as well? You're so right. It did exactly that. It gave us a deep foundation and a deep commitment and a knowledge that what we were undertaking wasn't just a trivial business idea. There was mm. something there was something more immense about it that compelled us. There was one moment in particular where we were standing, this was actually in Bath, not in Bali, which is what took us to Bali, where we suddenly felt we each had our hand on the mantle fireplace, just looking at each other and saying, are we going to do this? And it was like a great <laughs> whoosh of light. I haven't spoken about this before to others, oh. but it, it was an extraordinary moment of an altered state and it felt like just the universe saying go you are blessed go and do this don't dither um it it, it shook us both it didn't we didn't know where mm. it come from and it hasn't come since but we know that that was the foundation and you're right we ritualize things and when the yes journey has not been smooth every business meets huge challenges. I think that has given us a great sense of trust in each other, trust in the process and a, and a sense of being anchored in something deeper than, you know, an economic mm. 
venture. And indeed, we set out to do two things, really. One was to create a completely pioneering range of intimacy products. That's easier to describe. The second one was, could we create a business that really honored our values, that didn't compromise who we were? Because as in our consultancy roles, we'd seen so many fine people in the corporate world who'd had to shrink to fit their professional roles. I mean, I did a lot of interviewing, and the one that stands out was talking to a very creative and fine man. And I said, how much of yourself do you feel free to bring to work? And he said, hmm. When I get to work in the morning and I get to the car park, I leave 70% of myself in the glove compartment because it's not acceptable in the workspace. And that so struck me of, you know, the, the amount of creativity and joy that was parked outside, outside the workplace. Mm-hmm. And, and so Sarah and I were committed. It was an experiment. It has faltered at times, but it was an experiment, can we truly create a team where we honor our humanity, we honor our finer aspects, we're not driven entirely by commercial pressures. At the same time, we want to be profitable, we want to have fine business practices, we want to create products that benefit people. So it was, it was those twin things together that we set out to do. Oh. You're just speaking my language, Susie. Oh, <laughs> so nice, all of that. I'm going to go back to the the kind of the wishing of that golden light that you talked about because that really. So when you said that, I was like, yes, and it's almost like that's what the universe was saying to you. And then I suddenly realised that is the name <laughs> of your company. So that's, that's great, that's isn't it? Perfect. Yeah. A sort of divine affirmative. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And then talking about, you know, your values and bringing the best of ourselves to to everything Mm. that we do. And I think, gosh, I think that's just so important. And I do feel like, you know, everything that's happened this year in particular is helping people delve into that. Am I being my best self at work in life? Is this what I really want? Have I been hiding a lot of who I am? And I think, you know, and we're talking about, you know, when did you, you started? Yes, yes. Or we went to Bali back in, what was it, 2003? So it wasn't when Bali was super, super cool and trendy, kids. (laughs) No, no, correct. Um, And, you know, and and actually having that, exactly what you say, that pioneering approach to business is, you know, it's, it's, it's something to definitely be celebrating. And I think one of the things that people always say who, who start their own businesses, and you know, I, I can definitely vouch for this myself, is yeah. that building a team is one of the hardest things that you can do. Yes. You know, finding, finding the right people, growing the business together, being able to communicate and share and support and you know being essentially knowing how to be a good leader right yes and I think there's so much there that people don't really see or understand until you have to do it yourself and I mean there's I completely messed it up first time around 100% (laughs) but I I just love that I love everything that you have just described and that you and Sarah set out to do and I think I just think it's really really important 
and it's shows as well it shows you know all you have to do is look at talk to the people who are on your team even and and look at the the testimonials as you call them <laughs> yeah and you know we were talking last time about how it's actually quite emotional isn't it I mean I was reading I was reading through some of them again today and I was like oh, I can't I'm gonna have to stop reading these because it literally brings tears to your eyes to Doesn't hear it? of the transformation that mm. people have had and the change that you know it's it's not rocket science really it's a, it's simple it's really quite simple it's exactly what you just described of bringing the right values you know doing things right doing things in a way that isn't going to harm anyone or anything and and doing it from a place of love as opposed to a place of greed or fear mm. Mm. I, I'm so pleased that you you get that from the members of the team because I do think there is a every culture has a frequency has a vibration mm. and I believe that's transmitted through the team and Ideally, it's still surviving, although we're not physically in the same space anymore. But those testimonials, nothing could have prepared Sarah and me for the profundity and the range of them and the stories that we hear and the narratives and the, the healings that happen. And when people say, this has been a lifesaver, this has been a godsend, this has been a, you know, save my marriage, it saved my sex life, it's mm -hmm. turned the clock back. It's brought me, it's restored me to myself. Some of them, the longer ones, if you've been, if you've just been looking at them again, we, we really weep, you know, they just oh, God, provoke yeah. the sense of compassion. You think what, what other job on a Monday morning, you know, begins with reading this impassioned um, appreciation from your customers it, it's truly awe-inspiring. That literally brings you to tears. <laughs> it, well, well, some of those some of those stories really, really do. I think you know women who've had cancer treatment, mm, who've had yeah. hysterectomies, who've felt that the, they've lost their sex life and with it part of their feminine identity, and then to read the restoration that has happened through through safety and comfort and confidence and we hear a lot from husbands yeah. partners of such women who say I wanted to comfort her I wanted to be close to her but I was so anxious that I would hurt her and it, it caused us to feel more separate than ever at a time when we needed more closeness than mm. ever and they will say that that using yes has you know enabled them to safely confidently comfortably be um sexually intimate again and how transformative is that how amazing to to read i mean that is uh food and drink and reward for us it's it's manna it's an elixir it's amazing it really is and i mean it's it's definitely a testament to you know to you and sarah and what you've created and and how i i, re I honestly think it's how you you know it's those foundations that you put in place and built upon and it just it just proves how important that is i mean you guys didn't exactly jump into it you know and gone to Bali and then Oop, we've got a business it was i mean you spent a, a few years afterwards researching and planning and didn't i think you even sold your houses is that right to fund... we sold them, we sold our houses. i mean how crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and 
you know, that was a measure of the, the daring yeah. and, uh, and the belief that we had something. Because we went, the more we investigated this part of the industry, the more we realized how completely unenlightened it was and that yeah. the, pro- the products available were irresponsibly, cheaply formulated, that, you know, new thought hadn't been given to this category of products for a long time. No. You know, they were either very smutty, cheap, you know, ritzy, sexy products, or there were ones which were very demeaning somehow in the instructions. You know, we just ripped everything apart, the language, the packaging, the formulations, the, the way it would make someone feel, the way it would make them look to have it in their shopping basket or by the side of their bed or in the bathroom. We analysed everything and tried to make it as dignified and adult to adult and and fine and mm-hmm. fine as possible. Yeah, and it's very interesting because I think first of all, you're you know selling your houses and and spending all that time researching and planning and you know making sure that it goes back to those values, doesn't it? Making sure your values were mm. um, showcased in the products themselves. But I think that just shows such commitment as well, and actually. Sex is such a male-dominated scene, has and it has been for years. And I think that what you have created, what you've both created, has been, let's look at this from a different perspective. Mm. Yes. And I think that's beautiful. And and being and then being able to see it from both sides as well. You know, exactly what you said in terms of you're you're getting partners sending in testimonials and reviewing and buying the products and that is that's just so lovely it's so nice thank you yeah we say we wanted to change the world but realistically we had to reduce that somewhat so we said let's change the world from the inside and honor the goddess honor the body and you know we we're available on the nhs the products are efficacious demonstrably work in terms of reducing vaginal dryness and being restorative of damaged tissue in that area we went down the route going back to your point about our values we had to be make products that were pure Mm. so they didn't harm they didn't harm the earth they came from plants that had been grown consciously um, in an organic fashion without pesticides the whole supply chain is subject to profound discernment and scrutiny and i think the the end product speaks both to the love that has gone into the creation of them the commitment that sarah and i and the team have and to the um the energy that they impart in fact we used to in the early times when sarah and i would be present at all the manufacturing we would actually bless this great metal vessel that was doing the mixing and we we would we would say well this is going this these products are going forth into homes and bedrooms that we'll never know of but we want it to go with a you know in an enlightened energy i love that i love that so much Oh, some people might think that's completely fey, but it, 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 that was done with. But that you know, was your intention, and I think that it was our intention. And yeah, it's and still that's our so intention. powerful. Yeah, st- you know, we we do that not physically anymore, but notionally that's still mm. in place. You know, may this go, do nothing but benefit 
and do no harm, whether it's mm. to Mother Earth, insects, plants, animals, humans, the whole yeah the whole ecological network oh i love it i absolutely love it and i think <laughs> you know going back to the products um because i did a little bit of investigation on this uh-huh this summer and if we're talking about lube especially right you've got you know all of the the usual products that you would buy from the supermarkets or wherever you know pharmacies mm-hmm. or wherever there's there's a lot of chemicals in there that are very harmful to us, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's actually one of the reasons that I started to buy your products was because they were all natural. And then, you know, without necessarily realizing how much it was going to impact in a positive way, but then looking into how much of any kind of product that you place on your skin, how much that actually is dissolved into mm. into your skin and into your blood as well exactly. right oh my gosh it just it just completely i just thought wow that's it a hundred percent forget all of these horrible products with loads of chemicals because you suddenly start at some point a light bulb hits and you think why am i putting petroleum on my body really right you're absolutely right we used to say, would you put antifreeze on your front bottomy? Mm. <laughs> For example, I mean, you're right. Supposedly the percentage of absorption of products we put on our skin is 60%. Wow. The thing about the intimate mucosa is they don't have that outer layer that the skin has. So things are absorbed. Anything that you put on the, um, the vaginal tissue, the tip of the penis is absorbed without any filtering, if you like. So all the more reason to be using, you know, the finest, purest substances mm. for this very delicate and susceptible area. Uh, it's lovely that you, that you discovered that through inquiring into it. And then, yeah. as you will know from what the feedback we get, people feel so good because they know that they're doing their body, uh, you know, a service. They're honoring their body by putting the finest products they can find onto them, whether it's their skin or their intimate parts mm. and i think that's part of well-being is knowing that you are uh you talk about being your best self um you know how, how am i honoring my best self how am i caring how am i practicing self-love how am i genuinely uh doing what's right and supporting businesses that are endeavoring to do the right thing and there's a huge groundswell of people doing very fine things in an awakened way that mm. is transforming humanity. Yes. Ah, oh, what's the best? What's the best things about humanity, in your opinion? The best thing about humanity. You could have multiple. What? Things. A, what a what a huge huge question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think I think the best thing about humanity as a whole is that we are whole. Is that we are one mm. huge organism, and so easy to act differently but when we remember that do as you would be one by we are each other that's that's what i think is it's a huge experiment it's an experiment Mm -hmm. in humanity is an experiment in consciousness and coming back to love and coming back to source that's Uh, my understanding see i knew you'd have a good answer for that i love it i love it (laughs) how would you answer that (laughs) 
I'd love to ask you that question. Um, of the best things about hum the best thing about humanity, mm -hmm. I think it's it's our it, it is a very in very similar way. I would say it's our interconnection into evolving and creating something mm. beyond. Um, and every every lifetime that we have, we have that opportunity to create more and to create more in more alignment i think i think that's yes. what it is yeah. yeah and to let more light move through us yeah. and for more light mm. yeah exactly from from our opening chat that you've forgotten i've just remembered something that really took your imagination mm -hmm. can i mention it yes go for it well it was a it was a poem that i came across and i've oh, sought yeah. to find it ever since <laughs> because it was it spoke to this thing of humanity of the way that at as vibrational beings, we affect everyone that we come in touch with. Yeah. And the, po the poem was about a loving couple who, in the early morning, make love, which gives them joy, gives them happiness. They set forth on their separate days, but each of them has a glow from that loving connection and a warmth and a happiness and a sense of being loved that they radiate out not even deliberately but inevitably to everyone that they come in touch with and the poem describes how this one sexual meeting which is conducted with awareness and, and tenderness can then ripple out and benefit and bless so many people in the course of a day and the thought of people <laughs> making love with yes if that's if that's a good idea mm -hmm. then going out into the highways and the byways and the workplaces and the cities and the transport systems with this vibration of of love in the heart i think that's so it so inspired me i loved that sense of the talk about the power of an individual to make a difference we're making a difference all the time oh my gosh yes i'm so glad you mentioned that thank you for bringing that up again <laughs> Yeah, that's so inspiring, isn't it? And I think that it really, it is really important to remember the difference that we can make just by being in our true selves, by being yes. in the light and by, and by creating love. Yeah, that's so special. So special. Thank you. This has been such an interesting and insightful and just beautiful conversation. Oh, I loved it. I've loved it. You're um, wonderful to talk to. Oh, and you. Tell us, Susie, what's next? What's next for you? Is there a next? <laughs> I'm not making plans. In this state of yeah. surrender, I'm opening to the unknown, really. I think huge things are going to be unfolding on the, on the planet in the short term. And so I'm just removing as many obstacles in my, you know, my mind, my body, my memory to be available the changes that are coming that's my that's my commitment now as far as booking things trying to plan things oh my goodness <laughs> i've abandoned all that yeah um i'm giving a lot of time to being with my meditation group uh, virtually like this mm. to, to reading nourishing things to standing on the earth to you know i have the luxury of time to to give to these practices now which feels like grace it really does. Grace, yeah. Surrender mm. and grace. How lovely. Surrender and grace. Yeah. Two good sisters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Um, I always finish off Susie with this one last question, which is what is your sole mission? I think my sole mission has been to create harmony, Mm. create harmony. Um, if I look back at my family roles, my professional roles, I've always, I seem to have been in a position of bridging one world with another. And I'm very conflict averse. So <laughs> by definition, I love to broker harmony and, and peace. I think that's part of my essential life mission. And what a beautiful sentiment on autumn equinox as well. <laughs> How perfect is that? Mm. Oh. Yeah, thank you. This has been so nice. If anyone would like to find out more about you, about Yes, Yes, where can they go? To our website, yesyesyes.org, which is organic and orgasm. So (laughs) it should be unforgettable. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Natalia. And blessings on your mission. Wow, what a brilliant episode. Oh my gosh, I feel so honored and grateful for this amazing conversation with Susie and just being able to delve deeper into a lot of what has been going on for me personally, but also for us as a collective. I really hope that some of the topics that we discussed and the journeys that we've both been on have helped you or inspired you or that maybe you relate in some way to as well and hopefully it will inspire you to find your own way of changing the world thank you for listening to the humans on a mission podcast i always love hearing your thoughts or how the episode may have inspired you so please do share you can do so by joining me in the humans on a mission facebook group or hit me up on instagram at natalia commerce and if you are looking to find your soul mission do head over to my website nataliacommerce.com and download your free discover your mission workbook to get you started